0: So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name's Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. And welcome to Brian's Rumpod. Pod. <music> Well, welcome back to Brian's Rompod. Today we're going to be talking about events for runners, well, more specifically, the birth of Parkrun. Parkrun, stylized as Parkrun, is a collection of uh, five-kilometre events for walkers, runners and volunteers that take place every Saturday morning for more than 2,000 locations in 22 countries across six continents. Well, how did it all start? Well, Parkrun was founded by Paul Sinton Hewitt on the 2nd of October 2004 at Bushy Park, London, England. The event was originally called the Bushy Park Time Trial. It grew into a network of similar events called the UK Time Trials before adopting the name Parkrun in 2008 and expanding into other countries. The first event outside of the United Kingdom was launched in Zimbabwe in 2007, followed by Denmark in 2009, South Africa and Australia in 2011, and the United States in 2012. Sinton Hewitt received a CBE for his services to grassroots sports in 2014. By October 2018, over 5 million runners were registered worldwide, and that includes me. Well, what about Paul? Sydney Hewitt was born in Zimbabwe and went to... Portish from High School for Boys. I completely destroyed that uh, high school. I do apologise. As a boarder in South Africa, he became a club runner with a personal best time in the marathon for two hours and 36 minutes, and that's pretty fast. In 2004, Sinton Hewitt was suffering from depression and unable to run due to an injury. Plus, he was unemployed and had just lost his job. So he'd founded Parkrun, as he wanted to spend more time with his friends. His philosophy from day one, I never wanted to park run to compete with other clubs and I didn't want it to compete with the races. I just wanted to be part of the community. My objection to clubs and governing bodies is that they feel that they own you and they can direct you to do things in fact, and that's not true. People do what they want to do. All we were doing here is building a playground. If you want to come and take part, you can. People have recognised that it's free in every sense of the word. It's not just that you don't have to pay, but you're not signing your life away either. There are no terms and conditions, just the same obligations you have as a citizen walking down the street. What was the circumstances? Well, he said that it had been on his mind for a few years to start Parkrun. He said that he'd had every confidence that this time would come. This does not this does not remind you of a famous phrase from Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. So in October 2004, 13 runners met up in Bushy Park. And I think I knew 10 of them, and 10 of them out of the 13. That's what Paul says. Bushy Park and more. For the next two and a bit years, it was all about Bushy Park. A lot of the people were coming but they weren't the people I expected. They weren't the racers and the club runners. Those people came too, but they brought their partners and children. There were a lot of positive feedback, and a lot of people asked for more locations. It was in 2007 when they started their second run, and that was the Wimbledon Common, which was about five miles from Bushy Park. In that year, they went for one park run, Bushy, to five, Wimbledon, Richmond, Banstead, Leeds, High Park. The first three were all my mates, he says. Then Leeds, that was Tom Williams, co host of the Marathon Talk podcast and Park Run's UK managing director. Now, Tom says that he remembers he saw something in Runner's World. He said, I'd won some award, I can't remember what for. It was the Runner's World Heroes for Running Award for Philanthropy. And he saw the write-up and as part of his work at the university, he'd been asked with finding some event where the students could engage with the local community and he thought Parkrun would work. He phoned Paul, came down to see me and I gave him everything so he could become part of the family. They doubled every year, one to five, five to fifteen, five to thirty-five and so on. People asked him in those days, what's your goal? And I'd say, well, I think there should be a park run in every community. I don't think it would be me who'd be making, making that happen. So it was simple. It should just exist. In a 2013 article in The Guardian, noted that the rapid growth of park run and suggested that this was mainly due to its simplicity and accessibility. Runners registered online once, turn up of any event and run. Inclusivity was also a factor as participants have a wide range of running abilities from fast club runners to those walking a wide range of ages and children running with their parents to the elderly also allowed our wheelchair users those pushing buggies and people running with their dog In 2015, more than 80,000 people were gathering in parks across the world each week to run, jog, walk a park run, more than twice the number who would take part in the annual London Marathon. In 2016, 1.1 million different people completed a park run, and 142,000 gave their time to volunteer. In 2018, on average, Saturday, around a quarter of a million runners took part in 1,500 events spread over 20 countries. So, well, how was it funded? In the beginning, he funded everything. He went to work, I took half my salary, he says, and I put it into Parkrun. In the last 10 years, Parkrun has cost in excess of £3 million. We got our first sponsorship in 2009, then in 2010 we partnered with LucasAid and Nike. He says that this is a business in every sense of the word. We employ people, we have obligations, we have costs that are quite large, and our websites are as professional as most organisations. We do the best we can to make sure that this isn't Mickey Mouse. Now... They have relationships with third parties like Prue Health and they get grants from organizations like the London Marathon. They also have a shop where they try and sell some stuff, but make sure that all of the commercial activities are as low key as possible and so they don't invade the trust runners have in Parkrun. Well, what about volunteering? Volunteering is a very serious and difficult business. It's not like employing people directly. The key for them is that their events are short. It's easy to engage in someone as a volunteer for an hour than it is for three to four hours. However, I think that the other key thing that is that when they started this, they said that they would always go for a coffee afterwards and that the act of going for a coffee creates a sense of community and that encourages other people to get involved. He says it's liberating for a lot of people. I started this park run because I wanted to do something for my community. For every one of the next 542 events, there's been at least one person who has wanted to do the same. They wanted to do something for their community, so they came forward and volunteered. So, what's been the motivation? Well, the Journal of Public Health reported in 2013 study upon 7,308 parkrun participants that the events were attractive to the people who described themselves as non-runners, with women, older adults, overweight people, well represented. represented. A 2015 qualitative study of the University of Loughborough Loughborough found that the runners attending a parkrun for the first time were typically motivated for weight loss for an improvement in their physical fitness. On the other hand, there was a range of different motivations for runners to continue regularly taking part, with runners wanting to beat their personal record, to reach a certain number of runs, join a milestone club, to enjoy being outdoors at the park, to make new friends through volunteering, or to make existing friends or a family for the run. So, how do we participate? All park runs are five kilometres, which is 3.1 miles in length, and are free to enter. Anyone can take part, from pensioners to parents with children, people with their dogs, wheelchair users, people pushing prams, club runners or casual runners, although not all courses are suitable for all participants. Beginner runners, older adults and overweight people are common. They usually take place at the same time at the same place, on the same course, once per week. (coughs) Excuse me. There is no formal procedure before the run where the participants are asked to arrive shortly before the start time and wait near the starting line. A run director will make announcements giving safety instructions and community news before beginning their run. Participants run or walk the course and are directed by marshals along the correct route to the finish line. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me, frog in my throat as each runner enters the finish funnel, a volunteer records the finished place number and time. the information recorded by the timers is, is later uploaded onto a computer which allows runners to be matched with their times. Results are uploaded to the park run website which also generates a number of statistics the results available are the finishing position for both male and female runners the time taken to complete the run whether or not your personal best time has been achieved and the total number of runs completed by the individual their age grade result the the their position in relation to other veteran or junior runners milestone clubs now if you are a regular and you participate in various clubs When a runner reaches 50 runs, they join a milestone club called the 50 Club and they can claim a red park run t-shirt. When a runner reaches 100 runs, they join the 100 Club and can claim the black t-shirt. Likewise, the 250 Club offers a green t-shirt and then the 500 Club, a blue t-shirt. They also have the same categories for people who have volunteered. The milestone and volunteer t-shirts were free until September 2021, at which point they became chargeable. At this time, uh, 25 purple milestone t-shirt was added and more volunteer t-shirts were introduced to align with the milestone t-shirts of 50 red, 100 black, 250 green and 500 blue. What about individual running records? Well, at the time of uh this recording, a uh, female running record is Isabel Bat Doyle on the 31st of December 2022 with a time of 15 minutes 25 at Aldinga Beach Park run in Adelaide, Australia. The male world record holder is Jan- Andrew Badley, set a time of 13 minutes 48 at Bushy Park run on the 11th of August, 2012. Age-graded record holder is Fajua Singh, set a 179.04% at Valentine's Park Run on the 31st of March, 2012, the day before his 101st birthday with a time of 38 minutes, 34 seconds. The top locations for Park Run, well, uh, you've got the United Kingdom, of course, Um, with 771 uh, locations. Australia with 455. South Africa has 189. Russia, would you believe, has 109. Ireland, 106. Poland, 85. United States, 56. And would you believe it, there's even one on the Falkland Islands has one which goes around the Cape of Pembroke Lighthouse Park Run. Now is for that tip of the week. this week's tip of the week is an apple watch feature and it's a recent apple watch feature so um i know it's another another uh we're talking about the apple watch again but then again i don't really uh, uh apologize for this as i know um this might educate some people who have an apple watch and they really don't know that this particular feature exists especially if they're they're regular runners now, if you want to race a route that you regularly run, there is a feature called Race the Route, which came out in Watch OS 9.2. So, when running or cycling a route, you do often, you can race against your last time, last or best time. Routes are automatically generated and are available to you after you've repeated the same route with little to no deviation, at least two or more times so what you do is um open the uh um open the, the the running gap on your apple watch tap next to outdoor run or outdoor cycle workout so this will is also the same for if you do cycling as well tap the race route tile then select the last or personal best during the workout, your Apple Watch shows how far ahead or behind you are compared to that particular route you're racing. You're racing as 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 well as the remaining distance, and if you deviate from that route, it will ask you to proceed to the route. And it appears on the screen until you return to the original route. Available race routes appear as a suggested workout when you're close to, to the starting point. Of a route you've previously run you can view all the available routes by tapping suggested then selecting the route now if you don't see this feature and you have an upper watch series 4 or above make sure that you have the software on the watch updated to the latest OS version so as I said the time of recording uh, it is uh, 9.2 now, it is important that the route you might that you do choose, you have run regularly two or three times. So, for instance, I know I do a relaxed three k run on a on a Friday before my long run, which is on the Saturday. And um, it'd be good to see how I'm doing on that particular route, the three k route. So, uh, it, it is really important. Can't stress that enough. It is something a regular route that you've run. Um, at least two or three more times. Then the feature will show up in the race route tile. This is a great feature as it is a great way of setting up a time trial as part of your training. And this is key as it will give you an indication as to how your training and fitness are going. Plus it will provide you with some encouragement and to motivate you to keep going. And also it gives an immediate feature, uh, feedback as it were, Um, And you don't have to download your data to Strava to see how you're doing. So sometimes when I'm doing a a route, uh, which I regularly run, it'd be just, uh, I may be thinking to myself, well, how am I doing time-wise? What's my heart rate been like? Um, How fit am I? And uh, how is my fitness level going? So what I might do is um, I would download the data to Strava or any of the uh, running apps that I particularly use and try and get an indication of sort of comparing the runs for that particular route. But using something like this, then I can immediately see when i finish finished my run if I've done better or worse than the previous runs. And there may be various indications as to You know why you're not doing as well it may be because you've had a tough week stressed out not running as much maybe coming back from injury so or you know if you are doing um, a lot better then it's always good to see in black and white uh, as to how well how well are you doing for that particular run and it will give you a little bit of encouragement that your training is definitely going on the right track So um, I've included all um, links in the show notes for what I've talked about today, including the park run and also about the Apple Watch feature. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Run Pod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running. And next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube, so whether you're padding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's pod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message, you can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind-the-scenes fun, and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter, or should I say X, at Brian's Rompod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram, where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, Head over to our website ww.briansrompod.co.uk, and there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favorite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find help others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. Music.